Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nice to Meet You. This is your host, Simone, and this is a podcast of conversations with friends and strangers where we talk about life and lessons learned along the way. Today, we have with us Donald, and Donald, if you can introduce yourself and tell everybody how we met. Sure. Um, Donald Curtis, I'm the executive director for a youth program called Soul. We work um, in D.C., Baltimore, and San Francisco with student-athletes helping them transition out of high school. And I met Simone at an event we did in our office um, with the DMV Hip Hop Orchestra um, yeah, this summer. Sure. Yeah. Actually, Marcus was on the podcast also. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's cool. Out there. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, so where wow, are you from? So I'm, from I'm from Prince George County originally. Uh, and, um, and yeah, and I, you know, I live in D.C. Yeah, but I was born in D.C., but mm-hmm. I don't know. How'd you like growing up in D.C.? Mm. Or would you, did you more grow up in PG County? More grew up in PG, PG County. Okay. So, like, I grew up in Palmer Park, like Landover. Okay. And it was, it was fun. I mean, I guess, I mean, it was a lot of, uh, I grew up, you know, humbly. So, like, everybody, everybody else's story, you know, a lot of, <laughs> you know, just a lot of things happened around, this, uh, around me that probably were negative. But because, like, you're young and you're, like, Immature. Yeah. That stuff is fun. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it helped shape me to the person I am and kind of what I do today. Okay, cool. Um, so, what do you find interesting? What I find interesting is I'm in like really like history. And you know, like, I really want to know like deeper meanings. I'm like big into deeper, deeper meanings or mm-hmm. deeper understandings. So, what's your favorite topic, I guess, in history? Um, I don't know, actually. Like, I just <laughs> kind of like everything. So I like, I mean, definitely like black history. Uh, I'm into like, um, you know, like almost like, even when it comes to like the uh, like tribal um, clansmen type stuff, as far as like European like mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like into origin, like, I guess? Yeah, history. like origin. Like I mean, like the Scottish, um, you know, kind of origins. I'm into you know, kingdoms and hierarchies. I'm into monarchies. Mm-hmm. I'm into, you know, like, Renaissance. I'm into everything. Like, I, honestly, everything, uh, Egypt, all that kind of stuff. Okay. What's your favorite like history fact? I don't. I don't know if I have a favorite history fact. I am inspired by history. Mm-hmm. Like, so like when it comes to like really like Black American history, I look at like the struggles of individuals and how they were able to actually shape like society, the world that we know today, and make things that people would find like almost things that you not want to live through as part of pop culture and ways that people like really embrace and love. So rap, people like it's stories about like the struggle initially mm-hmm. at first, but now it's this thing that like is beyond that. Yeah. And, and it shapes the way young people actually interact and engage and goes beyond race. Mm-hmm. Do you class. think that you like those kind of stories, like I guess like underdog stories because of like your own story, like the hero's journey, probably yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, um, I mean, I'm a I'm a dreamer. So like, I dream about a lot a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like on my way to work today, I was dreaming about the stuff that I wish I could afford. So like, <laughs> which is a lot. And like, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into, you know, stories of of uh, of overcoming struggle. Mm-hmm. So what are the some of those things that you can't afford that? <laughs> oh, like uh, like huge like a house, uh, Ferrari. <laughs> Um, trip to like um, Greece, 
I can keep on going if you want me to. I can stop there. <laughs> so what's your biggest dream right now? My biggest dream? I don't know. I think my biggest dream is to really figure out how to impress my, my children. Wow, that's that's a big feat. <laughs> I mean, they're young right now, so like they probably look at you as like God anyway, right? I don't know. I think they look at me. <laughs> Sometimes, and sometimes look at me like I'm just some dude in the house. Um, but like, I think my the like, mom, who's this, who's man? this dude? This man, mama, stop that man. Who's that man? Um, but like, I don't know. Like, I think for me, because you know, my father was in and out of like my life, and looking at like fatherhood and other people's like situations and watching TV, I dreamt up this idea of like kind of what a father is and who he will be but like because I'm in the history like most of the people that you read about are people who like made some kind of like statement that impacted the world in some way mm-hmm. that I look at that as almost like what is needed to actually impress my kids like, I have to like somebody <laughs> in history that you know, my kids will like look back and say he just wasn't some dude on the couch mm-hmm. um, so what's one lesson that you want to make sure that you teach your kids that you can do whatever you put your mind to. It sounds so cliche, but like you can put your, I mean, but there'd be a thousand no's in this world and then everybody will doubt you until they see your finished product. Mm-hmm. I feel like the most important thing is just asking the question mm-hmm. first. Like, I feel like a lot of people doubt themselves and then they don't even get to the point where they ask the question to be like, to get the access that they need. And like, if you just ask like, hey, is it okay if I do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah, but it's it, useful. I often think that's also like one of our barriers. I mean, I think that's a huge barrier, right? So mm-hmm. it's like we have to ask permission of ourselves to actually go out and do something that enhances our lives. Yeah. Right? So, it's, for example, for some people, they hate their jobs and they hate, like, they like hate their job, hate their coworkers, hate their commute, hate everything about like, <laughs> yeah. what, what they're going through. But they, um, they don't grant themselves permission to try something new mm-hmm. because they get so caught up on things that often they don't even really care too much about themselves. Like, I hate my car, but I have to pay for my car, so I'm going to like go to work and yeah. do this thing that I hate. So everything is like floating around as hate, but you're like sustaining that hate mm-hmm. through just continuing on yeah. with that same thing. What recommendations do you have for someone like that? I think you just have to like be willing to like lose it all. <laughs> to like, to, 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 uh, <laughs> it's not exactly incentive. <laughs> it's not. A, I mean, so you have to like be in order to, to accomplish something great. I think you have to be willing to like risk it all with the hope of like living the way you may want to. Mm-hmm. That sounds crazy. It sounds scary. It's probably most parents tough. are probably like, that's the stupidest thing I've heard so far. Well, I think it's hard to like actually think about the life that you want when we've been told like for like ever, basically, this mm-hmm. is the life you're supposed to have. Like, you know, like graduate high school, go to college, get a job, buy a house, have a family. You know, like it's a very structured path. And a lot of people I don't think like look outside of that path. But I think that's starting to happen more now. It is. I think I mean, really like with millennials, like it's like Millennials want to, like, fulfill purpose. Yeah. Right? So, like, oftentimes the linear, like, kind of approach to things aren't, like, they're not speaking to people in the ways that make sense. Yeah. So, it's like, how can I, like, like, does this organization, like, you know, values match my values? 
But even deeper than that, does my manager's values match my values? Mm-hmm. Does my coworker? So all these like things are happening, and like it's making it's forcing people to make decisions that may seem like rash and crazy. But end of the day, like what we do find, what I find is because people are more purpose like driven. I guess like the consumer is more purpose driven. Mm-hmm. So even the listener, like the business market has changed so much that like people like this podcast is like <laughs> something that could produce income in yeah. the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's based in like somebody's desire to understand more about people around them in a space they can control. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask, you started in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. What made you leave? I got fired. Oh, really? <laughs> no, but I, mean, I got fired, but like, um, but I just, I guess I'm, you know, like, I guess I'm a millennial, right? So like, I didn't, like, I knew everybody at the top that ran the company that I worked for. And I worked for a middle manager who wanted to make it to the top. Mm-hmm. But for me, my vision or my like, interests were not like in this corporate space. It was more or less in like, almost like myself, right? This selfish kind of like ambition <clears throat> that you know manifests itself in like ego, supporting basically. others. Oh yeah, I guess my ego, right? Yeah. yeah but, like, but it but it wasn't like I wasn't like I want to get a Ferrari. It was like, um, I grew up poor. I grew up poor and black, and there's other people who grew up poor who grew up poor and black, and I want to figure out ways to connect. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, based in, like, social good, but it's also, like, a selfish kind of, like, ambition. Yeah. You know? It's, like, um, yeah. I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm trying to say. Like, it's, like, paying... Greatness. No. Back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, paying back in order to get paid back. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I forget what they call it, but, like, it's, like, when you volunteer, like, you have that good feeling after you volunteer. Oh. It's, like, it rewards you itself but it's a selfless act so it's like i don't know like yeah. you know, is it is there ever truly a selfless act maybe it's called like <laughs> maybe it's like alignment <laughs> i don't know like where it's like your purpose and your i don't know your purpose and like the the things that you want to receive as far as values or whatever mm-hmm. profit are aligned in a way where i don't know <laughs> i'm not i don't know <laughs> this whole like linear like like intrinsic value thing. Do you think you're aligned with your purpose right now? Um, I think I am getting aligned. But this question was asked earlier this week, and um, I'm not sure because I often feel out of alignment, but Somebody mentioned this. The world is out of alignment. We have like, you know, we have like all this concern, this public concern, and we have like a president who is like totally like disrupting democracy and like people in power who you know, continue the same thing. And at the same time, there's like all these hungry like people and people in need. And if I'm like really like, the person I think I am, I guess, then it makes perfect sense for me not to feel aligned because, mm-hmm. like, everything around me is yeah in almost chaos, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So what made you start Soul Programs? Um, 
I got fired. Well, I got fired. <laughs> and then, and then, what did you get fired for? Now I'm curious. I got fired because, like, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, it's a good question. So I've been fired, like, from two jobs. One is because I was in college and I was a, a van driver. And, you know, I go to, they gave me a van to pick up people from an airport and bring them back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got to the airport, I saw, like, Five other people who need to come back downtown. I was like, well, I can pick those people up wow. and I can charge Certainly. them. Yeah. So like I was doing that. And that wasn't that wasn't like why I got fired. Yeah. I got fired because I was in college. Also, and I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna check this van back. I'm just gonna park it in front of my dorm and I'm just gonna go like to like yeah, work. And I just abused the purpose of this there. Yeah. So I got fired because my boss came down the street past my dorm and was like, I saw the van in front of your dorm. Mm-hmm. You've done that like ten times. Oh, we wow. warned you the first time. So it wasn't three. even yet. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, and they I'm, warned you. I'm like lazy. Um, the last time I got fired is because I worked for this firm. And I just didn't really, I mean, like, honestly, I don't, I don't think I was provide. I wasn't, like, producing, like, the quality of work that the company wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, Was that because you weren't interested or? I think it was, I wasn't, I wasn't interested. And I think, honestly, like, maybe I wasn't, like, most prepared for mm-hmm. it. Like, I didn't, you know... I didn't. I wasn't prepared. I was concerned with other things, and you know, I just didn't thrive. I mean, I worked hard. Like, I mean, I spent the night. Like, well, I can literally say I spent the night slept at my desk working on the project. Wow. But like, even with like that, if you're not really like, you know, don't really understand totally what you're doing, it's just like effort wasted on a thing. So, yeah, I got fired because I wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, why you work in, like, preparation now. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, So, uh, <laughs> this loops right back into school. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, I guess I am a line, right? I'm a line. <laughs> so, what was the inspiration behind that? Um, it's what worked for me. Um, so, like, when I was a kid, I grew up in, in, in Palmer Park, and a lot of the guys I grew up with, um, you know, a couple guys killed themselves. We had people who, you know, a lot of people in jail and, you know, in the streets and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, my father was an individual, was an athlete who went to the school H.D. Wilson, where our program started. Um, my and parents were there also. My parents were there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so we have just, we're family, right? <laughs> and then, um, so he, he ran track and it was super fast and all this stuff. And he supposed to went to, like, you know, school at, like, Notre Dame. And it didn't work out for him. <clears throat> and then he came back home and he got, you know, hooked on drugs and all that stuff. And, um, but basketball for me was that one thing that, you know, I found my identity in. And my father was a football player. So, like, of the sports I could play, I was exposed to was basketball and football. And I wanted to be so different from my father. So basketball gave me a chance to separate myself from my father. We have the same name. <laughs> and... Um, and, like, so my whole life was about trying to, like, outdo my father, right? Mm-hmm. And when I got to college, I realized, like, I had, like, outdone him. Like, I did something he didn't do. Yeah. So that the competition wasn't there anymore. But the skills that I developed in, like, sport and through basketball were skills that kept me from, you know, getting shot or going to jail or in high school. So... um I thought it was a, this is an important tool for people, young people, to actually use and harness. Other thing is, I coached kids, and um, I was picking a kid up, dropping a kid off, 
that I uh, coached a long time ago. I saw him at like a like a carryout, and we were talking, and he was telling me he was just getting out of jail. And I thought to myself, like, dang, like, I know from what we do, parents call me to work with their kids to motivate them to do something that they may have a hard time doing. This kid that I'm dropping off, young man, is going out of jail. Like, we totally failed this young person. Like, we focused all on sport yeah. and then focused on, like, everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, so soul is actually... An eclectic sort yeah, of Yeah, like academic, mm-hmm. social, athletic. Like, all these things that intersect inter- within communities that I'm familiar with and grew up in is, like, what soul is. So what are your goals with the program? Goals? Um... Ever-changing goals. I think the biggest part, my biggest job every day is to try to put myself out of business. So I wake up every day trying to figure out how to do that. And What exactly does that phrase mean? It was mean. It's like, so, for example, we have a tutoring program at, one of, at our schools. We tutor because there's a problem within the education system. If I wanted to like, continue to put a Band-Aid on a problem, I just continue to tutor. If I really want to solve the issue, then I start to look at the social kind of dynamics that create the need or the gap for us to be tutoring. Mm-hmm. If I fill the gap, then I put the tutoring business out of business. Okay. So like, and every, you know, and then eventually there's a gap that's created where we have to do a social service. Interesting. It goes on and on yeah, and until on. until you put until yourself like, out of business. But, yeah, okay. so like the goal that's, is to put okay. like, like so <laughs> out of business in everything we do. Mm-hmm. Then if we've done that, that means we've actually created social change. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Have you always had like a history of like giving back to the community, like social work and stuff like that or volunteering? Mm, I, think my, I think my uncles did. So my uncle, um, Ernest, uh, had a barbershop in Sea Pleasant. And it's interesting because, like, you know, some very, like, um, Kevin Durant used to get his hair cut there. Like, his family grew up almost in his barbershop. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched my uncle, like, like give. Mm-hmm. Like, give. He was probably the most successful man that I knew, like, growing up. Because he always had money. And he had a house. <laughs> and, like, and, like, but he was a barber. And he owned a barbershop. But he would always give to people. And, like, he was an individual who took me in, like, when I was, like, maybe, like, high school or maybe after high school but he he was an individual who took me in and said basically you'll be different right and he like was hard on me but he told me work ethic but he his work ethic was based in not just kind of like what he did it was everything about him and part of it was also like he didn't go to church but he gave mm-hmm. he was like a giver and um I try to mimic that and what I do and um yeah so I you know I've always given in some capacity, but I think it comes from, like, watching him. Mm-hmm. What's your dream job? Is this your dream job, or, like, do you have another one? I just want to be lazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dream. Honestly, it is. Like, <laughs> so, like, I have, like, a couple dreams. I tell people this all the time. The way my brain is wired, I see problems, and I often just want to, like, solve them. I am so empathetic. It's crazy. Like, I'm very empathetic. But, um, so, I like the idea of being a bus driver. Because it's like, you wake up at like 7, and you do a shift, and it's done like at 2 or 3. Throughout that time, you've met and had conversations with dozens of people. 
on their route somewhere. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, you have people who are regulars. All right? So I like that idea. <laughs> the idea of being a bartender. <laughs> I know. I've always wanted to. Right? Like, it seems fun. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, you sit down and talk to people. I can make mm-hmm. you a drink. I can make it extra strong. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, it's a chance to, like, be social and all this stuff. But, um... Great networking experience. Great networking experience, yeah. right? Um... But I think in the, the day I just want to be lazy. I want to be like, <laughs> like wake up and do what I want to do, and like, and not feel like I'm having to like go somewhere mm-hmm. to solve some kind of thing. Do you feel like you'll ever get to that point, like being such a workaholic? I don't know. Like maybe I'm working to become lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so the harder I think I work, the lazy I can become. But. Like, I think I have not done a good job of tying money to work. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. in order for that to happen, either I have to, like, be comfortable with, like, living in, like, a tent, or <laughs> I have to, like, be individual who, like, really thinks differently about, like, okay, so what is the value of money? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm content with where I am, but it's like, uh, no. Yeah. I need to, like, really strive for more. Mm-hmm. So what are you striving for? Mm. Oh, I'm Good question. I'm struggling for like social change, um, <laughs> which doesn't pay like the bills. Yeah. Not always. I guess it does. I guess it could change. I mean, I can. I don't know. I don't know what I can do. But like, um, so I meet a lot of CEOs and CFOs and vice whatever presidents. And every time I leave a meeting with somebody, sometimes most times they're like, "You're inspirational." And I ask myself, like, "Wow, like, what does that mean?" All right? Because I. Th- think that the way I work leads to individuals seeing opportunity for like collaboration or gain or you know I can hire this person to do this thing mm-hmm. but like I'm so tired to like really kind of come up with a solution to the problem that I'm I can't see beyond what's in front of me okay. so I'm trying to like have this bird's eye view of like kind of what things are but with my bird's eye view it always goes back to like what's directly in front of me on the mm-hmm. ground Okay, so you're just like always hyper focused on like one task and then another and then. I don't know. I'm I'm hyper focused <laughs> on like five tasks at one time. Like, I'm like, okay, this has to happen. As I've gotten older, I realize I probably I, I don't think I can multitask like that. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe I can't. I'm just doing it. <laughs> All right, so let's switch up the topic. Um, okay. What's your ideal Saturday night? Mm. So like twelve. Not twelve. 20, I like um, 18th Street Lounge. Okay. Like I like. So I tell my wife like I'm into like. Like, like this will sound crazy, but like, PYT, Michael Jackson. I want to go to a place that plays that, where I can dance. Um, <laughs> like just that song on a loop. You play, like you play, you play, you play it on the loop. <laughs> um, or like, I like the idea. Like I was in in um, Tobago, and I was in this like, I don't know, like this like little town, and in Scarsboro, and um, there was like a little. I don't know what you call it, like a little bar. And it was a place where you could like just sit down, drink, and like watch like the day pass. Mm-hmm. So ideal space for me. <laughs> it's not probably the answer, but is I wanna I wanna be in a place where I can watch the day change and people change, where can my drinks can change from coffee to like beer to like tequila in one spot. <laughs> So that's your ideal Saturday. Just, that's ideal Saturday. Is it like bar Brazil. hopping or is it like... Brazil. It's like a street corner of Brazil. <laughs> I can sit there and watch everybody come around me and I can just, 
you know. Yeah. Since we're like humble bragging about um, traveling, okay. that's what I really liked about like Paris is like a lot of the um, the restaurants and stuff they have um, outdoor seating, mm-hmm. so you can literally just like sit on the street and just like watch. People watch, right? By. Yeah, yeah. I'm Good into times. that. Um, do you have anywhere else that you want to travel? So many places. I definitely Greece is one. Um, I, I mean, the Mediterranean. I want to see all those places. Mm-hmm. Um, not Russia. <laughs> uh, South Africa, um, Egypt. I want to, you know, the Middle East. I'm intrigued by the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, everywhere. I mean, everywhere. So mostly just international. International. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so in the in the past, I had this desire to explore everywhere along the African diaspora, mm-hmm. and like from North America to like the Caribbean and to South America. Just to see, like, how black people live mm-hmm. in these different countries, yeah. from Peru, like, you know, everywhere. I'm interested in that. If you had the money to splurge on one thing, what would you buy? One thing. Superficial thing? Um, anything, yeah. All right, so... All right, so... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so don't judge me, world. But, like, I want a Ferrari. Like, I really want a Ferrari. And, like... So if I had enough money to buy a Ferrari, I would buy a Ferrari. Why um, Ferrari? I don't know. Like as a kid, like so this is going. So like as a kid when I was young, this is this magazine called The Rob Report. So I went to this a giant in our neighborhood, and I was like looking through the magazines. I was into like stuff, and I saw this magazine with all these mansions and all these cars and all that stuff. And on the front of this magazine was like these like three Ferraris, and I was like, wow, like that's what I want. If I can get one of these things. Then I've no, I've I've achieved success in my mm-hmm. life. So the Ferrari, I guess for me would be I finally achieved like that level of success that yeah. I like want it in the material material world. Um, now driving in DC would probably suck. Yeah, no, be terrible. <laughs> would not do that. <laughs> but like, if I had the money and like, you know, and you know, I know the workout that what I'm into. I'm all about lives and saving lives. Mm-hmm. But like. That would be the one selfish thing mm-hmm. that I think I would be to. What color? Red. Okay, that's yeah. What I was assuming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you into like cars in general, or is it just like the Ferrari? Like that's just like your goal. I'm into like stuff until I like realize like. So I'm into a lot of stuff, but like um no, I would say just this Ferrari. Like. I I think like over time I've realized I'm not like really that into like material like I'm not into mm-hmm. material things I'm really into experiences yeah I realize how important those are mm-hmm. like in college I didn't travel like at all so mm-hmm. last year I made the goal to go somewhere like every other month just like to take trips because like I was like I really like fumbled the bag on that one because like college that's like the perfect time to like yeah. go out and like experience things you don't really have like responsibilities and things you so. messed up yeah 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 thanks <laughs> <laughs> I'm making up for it though <laughs> So what do you like to do for fun? For fun? Um, you spell it F-U-N? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, like, I, I don't. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, my, I hang with my family. Um, I don't, like, really. So I don't, like, I don't. I work. Always working. <laughs> I work all the time. Um, um, if I can go, like, to, like, I mean, like, 18th Street Lounge. Like, I could, that's fun. Um, so that's your favorite DC bar? <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's there. Because I don't really get out much. 
Mm-hmm. And I know when I do go out, I don't want to pay a cover. And like, they cover there. I know if you come after like a certain time. <laughs> I know this thing. I've done this. And, um, but like, um, yeah, that's, that's, probably, that's probably the only one that I really know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but fun, that's fun. Um, you know, definitely hanging out with the family is fun. Um, and like, drive, like, like I'm, I find myself driving a lot now. Like, so, like, for example, tomorrow or tonight, I might say, let's just get in the car and drive to like the beach. Wow. Right? Yeah. Something like that. Spontaneous. Right? <laughs> That's what I can do. I'll have a Ferrari, so mm-hmm. I can do that. <laughs> um, so, let me see. Did you always want to be a dad? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna be a dad. That was always what I wanted. What to was be. it about, like being a dad? That you like? I just dream. think, like, like I'm not gonna knock, knock this man out, but like, I just think my father did a terrible <laughs> job. So like, it was like, no, but like, I will say this. I, I just reflect on it. I think he did a good job when he was. I mean, he he did a good job of being like a father. I don't know how to explain it. He was. He did a good job of like, like, trying to like. I don't know. He did a good. I don't know. He did something. Trying to be a father. Trying to. I don't know what he did right, <laughs> but something, something he did right at one point. But everything else was just terrible. So like, <laughs> so like, when I think about it, I'm like, um, I wanted to just again like be a father and just do everything I could to be right. Like, yeah. I wanted to like create the experience with my kids that's different from mine. Okay. Like, my son will go to space camp. <laughs> it's already set up in my mind. How old are they? Five, well, three and uh, and six. Okay. What's your favorite like story about them? Um, I I don't know. You know, so it's funny because when I think about my kid, like, I don't really have favorites kind of things. Mm-hmm. I have like like moments, right? So mm-hmm. like like my my son, like my oldest son, Langston. He like. Is into like he's super smart. He's a genius. He's much smarter than me. Like will be, you know, moving forward as well. Is like he uh, is into like technology. We're watching this show called BattleBots last night, and we're like, we're so we like betting on the games on who like will win. So we ended up tying for like first place. But like for him, like if he ties, he wins. So like, <laughs> he's like. Rubbing it in my face like I won. I'm like, no, like <laughs> we're tied. And he's like doing all this stuff. He's taunting, he's dancing. And then he like comes and shakes his butt in front of me. And he's like, nah, nah, kiss my butt. And I'm like, that you're funny. You're funny. At the same time, my other son, Carter, like, he lost every, like, he didn't win anything. <laughs> but he's just kind of like, Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, like, I like yeah, here. Like, I'm just happy to be here. Thank you for, like, allowing me to be, like, in the family. You know, so all that's going on, and my wife is like, so she's, like, was in second place, I guess, mm-hmm. third place. So she was, like, she's there, too. So she was, like, you know, like, yeah. It was just a fun experience, mm-hmm. right? But, like, my sons are, like, they're just crazy. They'll be better men than, my, than me. <laughs> So what's it like being married? Marriage is, is I mean, it's, it's tough. And when I say it's tough, it's like, it's work. Like, people often think it's like, it's like a fairy tale thing. It's not. Like, you know, and every day, I think it's, it's work because you, if you really care about the person you're with, you're trying to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then at the same time, it's great having somebody who has your back. Like for me, trust is everything. I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to like know I have somebody who's like who's down for me. Like, you know, that's just my thing. But also like I know that like me, I'm probably the toughest person to marry because I'm like <laughs> so like emotionally like not the most like connected individual. Mm-hmm. So I have to like really like work on those skills and like mm-hmm. having somebody who can help like me like kind of figure out like how to be a better like you know, I don't know. How to like I guess um more in touch with your yeah. self, like understand your mm-hmm. feelings instead of just feeling them. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. At what moment did you know that you were going to propose to your wife? I knew, um, well, like, honestly, like, I'm like, so when I saw my wife for the first time, I was like, oh, she's beautiful, right? So, like, I'm like, kind of like that where I'm like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is it. This is the moment. This is the one. So I didn't know I was going to marry her in that moment, but I knew she was, like, going to have a, like, I knew that I wanted her to be in my life. Mm-hmm. And then um, the moment that I proposed to her, I think what like it was. I remember I remember buying a ring, and I was like, called her mom. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna propose to Lisa." Gonna go <laughs> but, was there like a defining moment where you're like, "I need to marry this woman"? Mm, no. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, it wasn't like. Like, man. I guess I just have like fairy tale brain, where it's just like you know. (laughs) She walked down them steps and these slippers, and I was like, (laughs) "It is right here. I'm gonna go get this ring." No, I think for me, I'm like again, I'm probably like a. I'm more of a. I think sometimes logical kind of thinking kind of person, where I'm like, "All right, like, I love this person. This person loves me. Like, I want to protect this person. This person wants to protect me." Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, all these things for me mean, like, marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, like, so my wife might have another, like, thing. Like, I knew he was going to marry me when he put on that white T-shirt and, like, <laughs> fixed my tire. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, I think I'm definitely an individual who, like, I'm great socially, but I also am a person who's very, like, I could almost be a robot in the way my brain functions sometimes. Mm-hmm. So what's um, what? What is the proposal story? So um, proposal story, we I was like, hey, look, let's take a walk and let's like talk, think about like mm-hmm. life or something. So we were walking along. Where's the wharf now? So it wasn't at the wharf at the time. <laughs> wharf now, and you know, walking, taking this long walk. It was a beautiful day. You know, the sun is like shining, right? It's it's not too hot because I'm in the picture that I proposed to her. She's wearing a jacket. So <laughs> it's definitely in like the summer, spring. Mm-hmm. And um, prior to this, I had like that day, I had like put this ring on like like payment plan ring. So I was like, <laughs> I saw this ring, this ring that I thought was like amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, like if I can ever afford that ring, that's mm-hmm. the one I'm going to buy. So I was like, let me see the ring. The ring was expensive. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay. I'm like, so definitely there must be more, more like this that will show up. Like, no, this was a special ring. Somebody had got this customly like made. Oh wow! And like they just didn't Buy get it, it right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh well, sh- excuse me, shoot, I have to like. I mean, curse on the podcast. Okay, well, shit, I, was, I have to get this <laughs> thing right. So I got put the ring on the on the player. So the day of, we're going to walk around like two. 
I run to the mall at like nine, mm-hmm. and I like get the ring, right? I still owe like at this time I'm owing like probably like seventeen thousand, seventeen hundred dollars on the ring. I have to pay my payments. And I'm like, but I get it. I get this card too. So um, I'm like, this I can't. I, this ring is in my pocket. I can't hold it back no more. I'm gonna do it. We go on this walk, and I'm like, oh, you know, like. Days is nice, and I, you know, I love you, and you know, the sky is right, and and I like, I did something crazy, like, oh my knee, <laughs> I had a bad knee, so I fell on like one knee. She was looking at me like, what? And I like go in my pocket and I pull out the ring, like, will you marry me? Right? Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, but she didn't say like yes or no. She was like, <laughs> so I'm like, I look so stupid, right? On my knee, you know, like she's gonna like embarrass me. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. So we put the ring on. It's shining like a diamond because it's a diamond. <laughs> and um, it was amazing. I mean, you know, it was, it was amazing. And um, and then it was like, okay, we had a plan for a wedding. Mm-hmm. So did you guys talk about proposing bef- like marriage beforehand? Or like, were you just kind of like, I think she wants to marry me? So no. So I was <laughs> like, well, like we together, like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm like with you. Like if I'm with you, I'm mm-hmm. with you, right? And I started thinking more and more. I was like, that's... Really selfish, like because like for some people like a like a wedding means a lot, right? Yeah. And it does like it's a serious it's a mm-hmm. serious thing, um, and like you know in my mind frame I was kind of like eh well you know like if I'm with you I'm with you we can make this thing work out blah blah blah, blah. but no like what I really thought about a lot was like how she felt mm-hmm. and like you know I thought that beyond just like us being together and being connected to one another that that's like important yeah like to like maintain like our relationship and have our kids come into a world where they have two parents together and they can say like my mother and father are married Mm -hmm. so are rings important to you like would do you think that you could like be married without a ring yeah or do you you wouldn't mind like if your partner didn't wear the ring Mm -mm. okay no. I'm curious as you no. know. <laughs> I think like I mean for me like again it depends on the on the couple. Like um because I mean like marriage like formal process is a legal agreement. It's like a lot of legal, <laughs> like, a lot of, like I tell my wife this is a business now, like we like <laughs> we owe the state something like yeah. But like I don't know, like I feel like um no, like I've seen like people be f- together forever. Without being married, mm-hmm. unless people get married in like in like a year, and it's like the ring means nothing, yeah. really. Like even like the, the the ceremony and all that is not the most important thing. It's is the two people's connection to one another. Are they like willing to like work through and walk through this thing together in a way that makes sense for like them? Mm-hmm. And whether it's like traditional, it's non-traditional in the way they I kind of you know engage. I think you know it's all on them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are the most memorable words a stranger has ever said to you? Mm. A stranger. Well, um, I don't know. It's a good one. I mean, I meet so many strangers. So many strangers. I mean, <laughs> you know. But like, most memorable. The most recent one that I thought was kind of cool was the guy was like. Can I shake your hand, man? Like, I'm so, I mean, I heard about the stuff you do, and I'm like, damn. Like, that was one cool one. Um, oh, maybe it was something negative back in the day. So, um, 
Not a good memory. I blocked out the, all those memories mm-hmm. of the next. <laughs> uh, what was your least favorite subject in school? All of them. No, I, I didn't like, <laughs> for some reason, like, I did not like, like, workshop, like, this is middle school, but, like, we had this thing called, like, it was, like, workshop, and you had, like, make, like, like something, <laughs> like a car. Mm-hmm. A wooden car. And I just okay. didn't like that. I was like, I don't like this. Like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this thing. Yeah. Right? Like, just woodworking in general. Yeah, right? so I just don't like <laughs> making, like, things. Um, but, like, I, I like using my hands, but I just didn't like that. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your favorite subject? Math. Okay. Me too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, like, math just gets hard. <laughs> but, like, yeah, back in high school, it was fun. <laughs> math was, like, my primary topic subject. And then, like, that's followed... Well, it was my favorite, but it's also my toughest. Followed by history. Mm-hmm. I, like, I loved history, but I was not good at it. Like, what part? As far as, like, right, like, like, <laughs> like doing the work, mm-hmm. I wasn't good at it. But I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember a lot of stuff from history. That's why I'm, like, so into it now. But, like, I definitely um, was not the best at, like... Like, I don't, I don't even remember like what history class was. It's just like they just like tell you stories, right? Like, and then you like read other things. And, yeah, like, I, was, then you... I remember in college, like <laughs> I was having like um, a, um, a a class that was it was a history class. And we had these little blue books. You had to like for the exam, you had to write, mm-hmm. write like you know, yeah, back the, in the day, Mongolian, <laughs> you know, empire it was. And I remember like putting all my my efforts. Like I love the stories. I can tell you everything. And I'm writing it out and all that. And then like, I got my paperback. And I was like, I got a D. Like, dang, I got a D <laughs> on this thing. Like, like, I put my heart and soul into this yeah. thing. But like, um, but yeah, um, that was my biggest thing. Okay. That was my biggest thing. It was I think it was just the writing. It's like being graded. I don't like being graded. Yeah, yeah, me either. What's a message that you have for people younger than you? I feel like that's a very fitting question. <laughs> um, I think a message that I have for younger people. I mean, I think it goes to like what I would tell my kid. Like, you can do anything. I think like in this world, there's just so many doubters and so many people who just don't think that you can achieve things, and like the only way to like really find like have like self like respect or whatever is if you're able to like really like step step beyond like yourself and like block out all the noise around you and like put your heart and soul into like something that is yours mm-hmm. because at the end of the day for the most part I mean you you take nothing with you to the grave um but, like, you're spending your life doing Smash's work. And, like, when you hit that point when it's, like, time to go, can you look back and say, well, I did this thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So how do you want to be remembered when you die? I don't know. I think, you know, maybe, like, I want to be known, remembered as an individual who, like, was about creating things and like seeing things through, but I think I'll be more remembered for what I, how <laughs> this is not crazy. I think I'll be forgotten, <laughs> right? Like when I say oh, that, wow. like reason why I say because we have like we work with so many kids, you can do a lot of stuff with young people, mm-hmm. and then like end of the day, like some young people remember what you did, and some people don't remember what you yeah. did. So like 
it's kind of hard to think about what I remember for because like I'm already I'm like preparing myself to be forgotten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds I, so I bad. Think, well, I mean, I think about it now because I used to be a camp counselor. Uh, so it's like thinking about like the kids. It's like what they like you know like they're like, yeah. six. It's like are you really gonna remember your camp counselor yeah. from like 2008? Like, <laughs> no, I'm like they will. I mean, nobody's gonna remember me. So like. Only people that remember me probably would be like my kids and the, the young people who really, really, really had a close connection with. Yeah. Um, but then like I mentioned earlier like with my father, like I remember being a kid would do things, like take me on trips and all that kind of stuff. But he also was like like I don't remember that stuff. Mm-hmm. Wait, he doesn't remember? I don't remember. Oh, you don't okay. <laughs> like, I don't remember that. Like, I'm like, you know, it takes somebody else that knew him and, you know, me as a young person to say like Man, like you've grown up, your father would take you all kinds of places. I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Like, I remember like him not being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Okay, well, I guess um, we can wrap this up. And my last question for you is: Do you have any questions for me? Yeah. Okay. So, how do you want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? Um, let's see. As someone who is down to earth, um, funny. And able to throw a good party. Okay. Oh, so you, you throw parties. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I um since I got the house, I'm just like, all right, I'm like I have like a list of like different themed parties that I wanna mm. do. Like I had my college Olympics party for my half birthday. Um, I want to do like a music video party where like we all like kind of like it's just like a party but then like we pick a song and then like, you know, we take some shots and we put it together and like oh. that's like the party and then the next party I just thought about um, on Friday is going to be like an improv slash skit party. Okay. So like an SNL like style party. Okay. Actually, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. And then, so like, with all that being said, like, what do you want, what message do you want to leave young people who are like inspiring uh, like podcasters? Um... Just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just get out there, start recording, um, start getting used to talking, and um, yeah, I mean, I guess like that's for any creative. I guess that would be my advice. Just like start doing it. Just start creating things, even if nobody listens. Just do it because it's a fun project. You know, like the intrinsic motivation is what matters. And then, why did you choose to do a seg- session, a segment on me? Um, because of Soul Programs, I feel like it's a really interesting um, initiative and something that like people, especially in this area, would find interest in. And yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> that's, it. Okay. that's a wrap. Everybody's out of here. Um, all right. So do you have any social media that you'd like to plug? Sure. We have like, um, we're on LinkedIn. We have, uh, we're on um, Instagram, Soul Programs. We're on uh, Facebook, um, Soul Programs. We're on Twitter, Soul underscore Programs. Um, we have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to explain okay. that a little bit more. Um, and then, um, those, are, those are social media links. Okay. Do you guys have any projects that you're working on that people can yeah, show up so for? Yeah, so we interested? do. So we, we need volunteers. So we have um, like seven different youth programs that we run. Uh, we need volunteers for our college access study halls. We need volunteers for our college 101 program. We need volunteers for our young men's and sister circle programs, which are focusing on social emotional development. Um, 
we find that like the work that we do, we have many intersections where kids are inspired and want to do things, but are unequipped to actually do them masterfully. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we have resources that we can use to ensure these young people have the skill set needed to accomplish their dreams. Okay, cool. That was the project section, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, um, so if you guys would like to follow the podcast, you can do that at NTMY Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or just something that you want to share, you can send those emails over to ntmypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week.